Welcome to Feel Better, Live More Bite Size, your weekly dose of positivity and optimism to get you ready for the weekend. Today's episode is brought to you by AG1 from Athletic Greens, one of the most nutrient-dense whole food supplements that I've come across. It contains vitamins, minerals, prebiotics, probiotics, digestive enzymes, and so much more, and I myself take it regularly. Go to athleticgreens.com forward slash live more to access a very special offer. They are giving my listeners five fantastic travel packs and one year's supply of vitamin D free of charge with your first order. See your details at athleticgreens.com forward slash live more. Today's clip is from episode 125 of the podcast with immunologist and author Dr. Jenna Machoki. In this clip, Jenna explains how our immune system plays a central role in our health, our well-being, and our longevity, and describes some simple things that we can all do to help keep it healthy. Pretty much every chronic long-term health complaint stroke condition that we have, in many ways, the immune system plays a central role. And I don't think people realize that. No, no. Why do you think that might be? I mean, we've just always maintained this lens through which we look at the immune system as protecting us from infection. And then suddenly you start to dive into the field of immunology and you realize it's not just protecting us from infection, it's doing a whole array of other things. And I I kind of... um, like to move away from that military analogy we often have about the immune system as going out to battle off the germs, because most of the time it's not doing that. Most of the time it's kind of like your housekeeper. Right now, as we sit here, it's working hard. It's involved in so many processes, you know, like cells in your body have a finite lifespan. So eventually they die and they have to be disposed of and special immune cells are removing those and keeping things tidy. They're repairing damage when it happens, even if there's no infection. Uh, it's like a mobile brain, I think. It's it's very dynamic and it's listening, integrating all these signals from our environment, from inside us, and then producing the appropriate response to kind of keep things in balance. Yeah. And what's fascinating for me is that it's not something passive that we have no influence over there Mm. is a lot that we can do a lot of it quite simple stuff that can positively impact how our immune system works a lot of people talk about gut health these days but i don't think people understand the immune system's linked to you know they think the gut is something separate but i I often teach uh doctors about this triad between our diet our gut bugs mm-hmm. and our immune system and how they all sort of cross talk. Oh, definitely. You know, there's, yeah. there's bi-directional communication between, you know, diet and gut bugs, diet and immune system mm-hmm. and gut bugs and immune system together. Yes. It's like this. So, you know, if you, if you make certain dietary choices, you're going to improve mm-hmm. the health of your gut bugs, which is going to improve the health of your immune system. Yes, exactly. Just empowering, right? Cause yep. we can do something about that. Yes. Your gut bugs, the microbiota at the interface of your digestion and the rest of your body are one of the key educators of the immune system. And again, this is something that's probably exploded in the field of of immunology in the last 10, 15 years. So if you take an experimental 
animal model where the animals have a, a reduced or a minimal um, collection of good bacteria in their gut, their immune system doesn't develop. And they're very impaired in how they can respond and heal. Um, and even things like, you know, protection from cancer because our immune system is the main cancer surveillance system. So these bugs are helping to educate and teach and mature our immune system. And this happens potentially in utero before we're born, but predominantly when we enter the world, because we go from a relatively sterile, there is some evidence that there may be yeah. some bugs in the placenta. Uh, but we go into this hugely germy world and suddenly our immune system has to cope with that because it's got all these receptors on it to, to detect pathogens as being problematic. So it has to learn to tolerate those because, you know, most of the bugs around us are safe and harmless and we need them because they're helping us. And, and that's actually how the immune system develops, isn't it? Mm -hmm. It is by exposure mm -hmm. to the environment around it, to exactly. the bugs around it to sort of give it that sort of ongoing education yeah. so it starts to learn oh I respond to this I yeah. don't need to respond to that exactly um, I often say that you know the immune system's made it's not born there's maybe a percentage in the genetics that we inherit but then it's made it's built throughout our life and it changes throughout our life so that's a lovely idea it's yeah. made not born we can we can build and we can sort of develop it mm -hmm. the way we want to if we give it if the we, right yeah. inputs. inputs. Yeah, these bacteria, they help protect the gut barrier to keep it very nice and, and tight and stop any bacteria going into the body because they're only good bacteria if they're in the right location. So they're not meant to cross over the gut and enter our body yeah. um, because then they, they become a problem. But one of the biggest things that they're doing to help our immune system is they're, they're eating our foods and I often think your diet's only as good as your microbiota in your gut because yeah. they are, they're the interface. They're eating your food. They're helping you to produce these vitamins and minerals from your diet, but they're also producing these postbiotics. Um, and people might have heard of prebiotics and probiotics, but postbiotics are basically the metabolic waste of the bugs in your gut. So they're producing stuff. That is their kind of, you know, waste product of eating your foods. Like short chain fatty acids. Short chain fatty acids yeah. is the classic one. I, I used to work on these when I lived in Switzerland um, and looking at how they influence um, inflammation in the gut and beyond. So short chain fatty acids are kind of a metabolic byproduct of the, the bugs in your gut. And they directly bind to uh, the immune cells at that site and they help educate them and teach them to, to sort of tolerate anything that you're throwing down your mouth because we're not supposed to um, react to that because it should be benign things that are going in there. But they have to help strike that balance that if you did get some kind of food poisoning, they also can identify the bad bugs. Yeah. So they help create an environment that's what we call tolerogenic. So it's encouraging um, tolerance of the food that you're eating. And there's a very kind of dynamic interaction between these bugs and the immune cells. And I'd say what happens in the gut is not just staying there. This 
influence, this sort of tolerogenic influence of yeah. things like short-chain fatty acids is also being absorbed into your bloodstream and helping regulate the immune system. One of the key things that is often not linked to your immune system, but I'd say it's like massive for the, the resilience of your immune system is fiber. So pills and, and potions and whatever are not full of fiber, but the fresh produce is full of fiber. And people might be thinking, why is fiber important for your immune system? Different bugs need different forms of fiber. And it, we find it in all the plant-based foods. So it's not just the fruits and vegetables, nuts and seeds, legumes, beans, pulses, and, and whole grains. Yeah. And it's about trying to bring in the diversity. I think in the last few years, there's a, a publication about the sort of trying to get 30 different plant-based foods yeah. into your diet because it's, per it's about per week. Yeah. Because it's about the diversity. But that also it's, that includes, I think, lentils and mm -hmm. nuts, yeah. uh, you know, and, you know, I, I think it's very achievable yeah. once people have it in their mind exactly, to, yeah. to do it. And they're very common in, in traditional diets. I remember growing up, you know, my mum would would add lots of different um, grains and beans and pulses to spin things out, as she put it, so that you yeah. could make a dish go a lot further. And so now that's something that I do as well. The gioia di tavola, which is an Italian phrase for enjoying being at the table, linking food to emotions because endorphins from enjoying being at your table with your family, your friends, or even on your own and just enjoying the meal. Endorphins can alter the function of our immune cells because they have receptors for those on them. So those feel-good hormones, that actually helps nurture things like the Tregs, the regulatory T-cells. So bringing the food together with the emotion and, and enjoying that, that's so, so important. I mean, yeah. we haven't had a kitchen for the last four months, so we've had no table, <laughs> no joy, but we've still been trying to cobble together as a family, you know, little meals on the floor. And it's, it's just... It, it, you know what? I'm so delighted to hear you speak about these things because I think these are things we've missed mm -hmm. in health advice. Yeah. It has been too reductionist. You know, eating at a table with, you know, your community, your yeah. tribe has kind of always been a part of human culture. Yeah. And, I, and I think in, in, if you sort of extend the argument that you're making, it's kind of like, well, you could potentially eat the same food, mm -hmm. feeling stressed out and lonely. Yeah. And the same food might have a different response if you're eating it with good friends when you're feeling relaxed and yeah. calm. I know I've heard you talk about before that stress impacts the, the microbiome, the, the gut bugs, mm -hmm. but it also impacts the cortisol receptor, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah. It's kind of like you're constantly revving your engine, but you've got your foot on the brake at the same time. And we have ways and means of switching off the stress response, but that circuit gets worn out a little bit when it's constantly at play and everything just starts to get off balance yeah. from then. And because, you know, our immune cells have receptors for all of the different hormones, stress chemistry, they're being influenced by that as well. It's influencing the production of fresh new immune cells from the bone marrow. So things like cortisol can have a sort of dampening effect on that. And there's a concept of the immunological space. I'm not sure if you've heard of this, but we only have so much space in our body for immune cells. And over your lifespan, your immune cells 
proliferate when we see an infection or we sort of gather up more and more immune cells until it becomes full. And we kind of have to wait for the old ones to die off before our body can produce fresh new ones. And older immune cells are more likely to go wrong. So we need to have a way of getting rid of the old ones and bringing in the new ones. And so this kind of balance um, can be really interrupted by being stressed out all the time. Is there anything you do yourself having experienced the negatives of burning the candle at both yeah. ends you're really trying to say yes to everyone and do everything oh, that's <laughs> the hardest lesson uh, yeah getting pneumonia yeah when you couldn't do anything what if you as an immunologist yourself but also well, as a human who's susceptible to the same pressures yeah. as all of us what have you changed i've tried to be a bit more open because i hate seeing in in the wellness sphere people looking like their life is perfect and i just think we all get it wrong it's still my learning curve but it's just on my radar now that i'm i'm always experimenting i'm learning how to say no i think having boundaries was one of the biggest things i learned as an adult like why are we not teaching kids this in school and saying no is okay and there's a time and a place for projects if yeah. i want to get involved and it it can't be now because that compromises my time as a mother or my time spent with family or my time just you know being on my own or doing the things that yeah. nurture my day then I have to say no and let go of that and yeah. I guess that's like you know the catharticism of writing or some ways of you know putting a narrative to what's stressing us out has a release to yeah. it and that you can feel that you know like a big physiological sigh that your body is making when you're like okay and once the decision's made you move on from yeah. it I've said no to that it's sad and I wish I could say yes but I don't think about it the next day when I've moved on and other things are you know it's very freeing actually mm -hmm. you know something I've struggled with for years and it's I'm getting much better at it but it's it feels good yeah looking after your immune system mm -hmm. it's really important yes and I would say taking care of your immune system is for life. It's it's for the long game. You know, immunity is really entwined with how we age. So, mm. you know, if you want to live a long and, and healthy life, we are as a population living much longer than the generations before us. But we're not necessarily living better. You know, I don't necessarily want to live forever, but I want to be able to enjoy my years and feel well and yeah. not be sort of burdened with chronic disease. And we can't bulletproof ourselves, but there's definitely things we can do now that, that are for the long game. Really hope you enjoyed that bite-sized clip. Do spread the love by sharing this episode with your friends and family. And if you want more, why not go back and listen to the original full conversation with my guest. And before you go, I am really excited to let you know that my brand new book, Happy Minds, Happy Life, is now available as an audiobook. Penguin and I have decided to release the audiobook a few weeks early. And if you enjoy listening to my podcast, I think you will really enjoy listening to me narrate the content in my brand new book. It is available to listen to in full right now on Audible and Apple Books. And the audiobook version also contains some bonus content that is not in the paperback version. There is a special question and answer section at the end of the audiobook where I spend time answering questions submitted by you. I think you will really enjoy listening to this section. And in the book, I share the important relationship between happiness and health which is not often spoken about or considered. 
and I outline simple ways in which you can develop and train the skill of happiness. And yes, it is a skill that we can all develop once we know how. And those tools will have a profound impact on your physical and mental well-being as they have already done with myself. So if that sounds of interest, please do go and take a listen to the audiobook. I really hope you enjoy it. And as always, let me know what you think. If you enjoyed this episode, I think you will really enjoy my new bite-sized Friday email. It's called the Friday Five. And each week I share things that I do not share on social media. It contains five short doses of positivity, articles or books that I'm reading, quotes that I'm thinking about, exciting research I've come across, and so much more. I really think you're going to love it. The goal is for it to be a small yet powerful dose of feel-good to get you ready for the weekend. You can sign up for it free of charge at drchatterjee.com forward slash Friday 5. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. Make sure you have pressed subscribe and I'll be back next week with my long form conversation on Wednesday and the latest episode of Bite Size next Friday. Mm-hmm.